0: Welcome to the Katie Halper Show. I'm your host, Katie Halper. If it's a Wednesday and it's 6 p.m., it's the Katie Halper Show. That's all that's going on in the entire world. I'm here with my co-host, Gabe Pacheco.
1: Hi. Great to see you again, Katie.
0: You too, Gabe. Present again.
1: Clear and present.
0: Clear and present danger. And, of course, on the keyboards of engineering positivity is Reggie Johnson.
2: Uh, Hey, guys.
1: What's
0: up, Reggie? Katie? Hey, Reg. Gabe,
2: what's up? Reggie's wearing a uh,
0: Qaddafi it's, t-shirt. It's a
2: retro Gaddafi shirt. It's a play on. Remember that thing? Remember that uh, ad campaign years ago called "Come Back to Jamaica." Oh, I yeah, guess. So yeah, come back. so it do like, come back to Libya, and they had. And there's
1: like two fighter jets yeah. in the background. Can't and, go, go
2: wrong with Qaddafi. You know, it can't do. it can't go wrong with Qaddafi, and I and I think that uh, the listening audience <laughs> here on WBAI. Actually.
0: They actually may think that, yeah. Yeah, they actually may think he's that. That's the iron. Yeah. He's that's the ironic the enemy thing. of my they.
2: enemy is my friend. Right, that's right. Um, Though so, it was a lot more stable country. No, it's he true, was alive. yeah. I don't think it was a good yeah. move, what we did yeah. with him. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Anyway. And he, Just saying. He, he does think Obama, he did think Obama was Muslim, by the way. But that's not in a bad way. No, he right? was, well, like, really no. excited. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Oh uh, yeah. Well, guys, you can always check us out on 99.5FM. That's the WBAI station on the radios.
1: On a terrestrial. So you guys know
0: what a radio is. It's a thing you turn on and listen to music from. Look, there are tons
1: of people that still listen to radio. You're uh, right. People, they're cleaning their kitchens. They put WBAI on.
0: where
2: this notion about people saying that they don't listen to radio anymore. It's not about listening. It's not about they don't listen to radio. It's how they listen to radio.
0: Ah, uh, good one. Yes. Mm-hmm. So some people podcast. And you know what? That brings us to a very important subject. Well, first, podcasts. You want to go to iTunes, find the Katie Halper Show, subscribe to the Katie Halper Show, rate the Katie Halper Show, and Give it, it five stars. Give it five stars, guys.
1: Write just two sentences, two positive sentences. Literally.
0: You could write a couple words. I don't care. We don't care. It could be a fragment.
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever. Just three adjectives.
0: Yeah. Awesome, tasty, inventive.
1: Splendid. Splenda. Mmm. S- sweet. S- saccharin. Saccharine sweet. What is this password now?
0: It, we're doing an actually spoken word poem. Thanks, okay, thanks okay, Reggie for okay. your vote. Of write a poem. Okay.
1: Leave a poem in the review. Leave a poem. Lead I don't, a, don't know haiku. It, it, it it, like... In fact,
0: only, we are only accepting haiku reviews. We, haiku will reviews. Haiku we will read your
1: haiku review on, on the, the air. Yes, we
0: will on our next Katie on the next Katie Helper show. We will read. The Haiku Review. Wow, Haiku Review. Why didn't we come up with that as like a, the name of a journal? It we, should be a journal. I, this
1: is all pre-written, guys. This is
0: all pre-written, yeah, of yeah, course. This, so this, that look was behind the, little, the curtain. Yes, and you will see. So it, here's the thing. Ready? I'm ready. We're thrilled to bring you a great interview today with Johan Hari. Who? Johan Hari. That's oh, right. Man. You heard me right. Now, because Johan Hari lives in London, and they're six hours ahead of us, we didn't Uh, want to make him do a midnight interview, although that would have been interesting.
1: He's from the future.
0: He is from the future. England is pretty advanced compared to the United States. Yeah, in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. So he and I Skyped, and we chatted about his book, Chasing the Scream. And I'm going to tell you about Chasing the Scream. Chasing Mm -hmm. the Scream, colon, the first and last days of the war on drugs. Okay? Now, not only are we going to bring you this interview, which is pretty amazing, but we're going to give you a chance to support The Katie Halper Show and WBAI. And in return, you're going to get a copy of Chasing the Scream, this amazing book by Johan Hari. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure you're going to want to buy it, actually, after you hear the interview. So all you have to do is you pay $125. You support The Katie Halper Show and WBAI, but you know what's an even better deal?
2: What's that?
0: You just pay... Twenty five dollars more. Twenty five more dollars. You're up to 150 now. Not that big of a deal. Not only do you get the amazing book, Chasing the Scream, but you get Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates. We had Ta-Nehisi Coates on last week. That was
2: an amazing. It interview. was an amazing
0: interview. You can check it out online at SoundCloud or on the WBAI archives or right. at iTunes, which you already know because you already subscribed. You downloaded it and everything. Um, Between the World and Me is called Required Reading by Toni Morrison. It uh, earned, Coates a MacArthur Genius Grant and was also nominated for a National Book Award. So two books for $150 and supporting Katie Hal- the Katie Halber Show and WBI is a pretty priceless gift.
1: Yeah, just keep us on the air, guys. Yeah. Keep us on I the mean, air. I mean, we're gonna yeah, yeah. Gabe,
0: Gabe right. I like the way Gabe just broke it down. That's basically right. what's about. And I'm gonna I have a really nice metaphor I'm gonna share in a couple minutes about keeping us afloat. You're gonna love it.
1: Look, but you know what you get though? You get these two amazing books. So not only do you do a good thing, you're on the side of the angels, you're right. keeping us on the air, you're keeping Reggie employed, you're keeping right. Katie employed, you're keeping well, me here in the building. When you right. say
0: employed, I mean employed by uh, engaged. I don't engaged. actually receive Eng- a shekel, a single shekel. You don't,
1: uh, not, no a doubloon, shekel. No. not a doubloon, not a ducat, no not clams. a ducat, uh, no clams,
0: no clams, no cougarant? What? No
1: kugarand. What's that? That's a type. That's a coin. That's okay, a coin. Where's it from? Is that? Is that South, South Africa? Oh, okay. Saudi- yeah, South Africa. Yeah, South yeah. Africa.
2: No, they don't. That is. It's kind of an antiquated term because now it's just referred to as the rand. Oh right, the right. rand. If you said right. rand, then I know what you're talking right. about. Not well, kugarand was was not apartheid era.
0: Oh. That's why I don't
2: currency. recognize apartheid. Yeah. Or, uh, ah, uh, ah, it's, um,
0: I actually knew what you were talking about, but I refuse to recognize oh, it as, see. Le- as ah, legitimate. I see, I see. Mm-hmm. To express it's my morals. anti-apartheid
2: it's morals. morals exactly. Okay, it's morals. Okay, um, I can dig it. Can no, but
0: actually, it. that's an interesting point. I don't make any money on this. Gabe doesn't make any money of this. Why do we do it? It's a labor of love. We love doing it. L-O-V-E. We're thrilled. L-O-V-E. Sometimes L-U-V, depending on the mood.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> but
0: the reason that we're asking for your money... Your hard-earned money, and we know it's hard-earned, mm-hmm. is because there's a lot of paywalls out there. You go to the New York Times, paywall this, paywall that. Can't get to the news. You got to pay. You yeah. How about serious Radio? Some of our good friends have shows on serious Radio. We you, like their shows. Network is great. What do you need to do to listen? You got
1: to you, you gotta pay to play. You
0: got to pay to play. What do you do at WBI? You just turn on your radio. That's it. No paying, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: what we're asking you to do is help keep WBAI afloat. Ready? Ready for the metaphor? In a sea of corporate greed, WBAI is a buoy of nonprofit community radio. How do you like that? Did you mm. write, is this your metaphor? Yeah, that's the one I prepared. It's great. It came out accidentally, and then I, I liked it. I
2: don't think that qualifies as a haiku, though.
0: No, it's not a haiku. Okay. Oh, no, 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 yeah. Okay. But, All right, um, just checking. Just checking. But we just want you to know, okay, you may have noticed that we don't have commercials, right? No. We're commercial-free radio. We're independent. We're community radio. We're free. Can't find that everywhere. No paid mm-hmm. subscription for the iTunes. You can get all the podcasts you want on SoundCloud. You don't have to support iTunes if you don't want to. Um
1: We're not beholden to any multinational mm-mm. corporations. The Illuminati isn't here in the building.
0: Right. No uh, kids are working for us making clothing, making the t shirts The, the Koch Brothers Show doesn't t-shirts. support no, this. Exactly.
2: They will never will ever support this. Never.
0: Again, labor of love. We love doing this. We're not complaining, but we're just explaining that it's not like we're asking you money so you can fund our trip to the French Riviera. We're asking for money, and we're not going there. That was a total hypothetical.
1: I'm not leaving there. I love the United States of yes, America. Yes, doesn't
0: leave. He's in the in it to win it. He's fighting the good fight.
1: It's a diverse country. Yeah.
2: That's
0: why he's staying.
1: -hmm, It is mm -hmm. right. I've dropped my anchor
0: right here, in the form of a baby. I'm (laughs) just kidding. I'm
1: dropping my anchor babies right here, Mm -hmm. and it's all about transforming where we're at.
0: Right, where we're at. Where we're going. It's not where it's not it's where you're from. It's where you're at. And, th- right. and this is where like I'm at. I'm
1: clear and present right here.
0: Clear and present at now. WBI.
2: Well, I think the number to call for them to show their support to the Katie Halper show would be
0: 212-209-2950.
2: That was good. And right? We didn't we did that on, on it almost like it was them. yeah, it was almost
0: And tell the operator you want Johan Hari's chasing the Scream for $125 or Tanahisi coats is between the world and me for $120 or if you have a brain in that skull of yours you will get the bargain and tell them you want the Tanahisi Tanahasi coats Johan Hari package for only $150 it's only a total $150
1: steal. oh yes use the noodles inside that melon
0: yes mixed metaphor i like it
1: to get those books
2: wow and you know the and, and also to yeah, let the good. people know as well is that if by some chance $150 is too oh, much right. at so one time right. okay you can call the operator right now 212-209-2950 And tell them, I want this package, but I want to break it down into incremental payments. Create your own payment plan, your personalized payment plan. Because here at WBAI, we do recognize that the listener is priority, and we try to do our best to make sure... That here at WBAI, we, work which around we, the we would try to work with you. We'll yes. work with you,
0: yes. And,
2: and you know, and and maybe sometimes that includes getting your premium as well. So
0: right, yeah, yeah, it's a good layaway. Thing. It's It's, a good thing. it's like yeah. layaway, it's a good incremental, yeah. incremental yeah. radicalism, yeah. incremental payments. Yeah. Am I right?
2: I'm being positive.
0: Yeah, you can't Absolutely. have incremental radicalism, yeah. which is what we all want, without incremental payment plans. So, guys, this is kind <laughs> of a great thing. And again, it's not like a hundred. Yes, you know, it, you're not just getting two books. That, think of that as the as the cherry on top, right? What you're doing is you're supporting great radio. We bring you guests like Nate Silver, Jelani Cobb, Julie Goldman, Margaret Cho. Margaret Cho. Margo Gomez. Mm. If we're doing it through Margo the- Margo Gomez. If we're doing the Marg yeah. uh, category. Judah Friedlander. You know who's coming on in December? Who? Joan Walsh, editor-at-large of Salon. Really? Yeah. Molly Crabapple, the illustrator. Wow. Um, We also break news. Where was it that Robert Mirapol, the son of Julius and Ethel Rosenberg, chose to announce on air for the first time that New York City was honoring his mother, Ethel? Right here. Wow. That's right. That's right. Who was the first radio show in the Northeast to talk about the shooting of Alan Payon in the hospital in Houston?
3: And right we here. spoke to his brother, right Christian.
0: Here. It was the Katie Albert show. We broke that story in the Northeast. That's right. It was, in, it was in Texas, so they did get to it before us. But it was a, no one was talking about it in the Northeast. We I, broke that. That, that, that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it. again, you just call two one two two zero nine two nine five zero. Tell the operator you want Johan Hari's chasing the scream. Or take advantage of this great combo. Get Tana nehisi Coates' between the world and me and Johan Hari's uh chasing the scream now if you want to go online you can do that too you just simply go to give to org. that's That's give to the number not the word give to wbai.org now what we did is we're going to give you the the code that you can search for oh yeah you can get the code yeah give them a code so you just put you go to that that website that we just mentioned give to org. then in the search on the top right you just put in p as in peter b as in boy zero six seven two Again, that's Prince Bobby 0672, and you'll get Chasing the Scream and Between the World and Me.
2: Prince Bobby.
0: Prince Bobby, yeah. Prince Bobby. I think
2: I know someone named that. Probably. Yeah, Let's Bobby.
0: Now, you're feeling like you don't want to spend 150 you want to spend 125 It's not as good a deal, but we understand. Maybe you already have the Ta-Nehisi Coates book. Not a problem. All you put in is N as in Nancy, B as in boy, 0093. Nota bene, 0093. Okay, so we're going to place... And, and also, oh. I'm sorry, no, one more yes. thing.
2: One more thing. Uh, just want to let people know as well is that every premium, every pledge that you, uh, you, you that you make here at w- WBAI, and particularly, hopefully, during the Katie Halper yeah, Show... Yeah, and mention me when you do it on the phone. It's for the Katie Halper it's, Show. It's tax deductible. Yes. It's tax deductible. So these are one of those rare moments where you do your taxes... On April, around April, and you say that what donations? Was there charities or donations that you committed to? Yeah, you know, and you say, yes, it was WBAI. For the Katie Halper show. For the Katie Halper show, duh. I mean, what else, you know? But that's the other thing. But please continue. Oh, Especially Katie.
0: my wealthy listeners out there Absolutely. Uh, who, need tax, who need to give away their money so they're not taxed as much. Mm. Even though we believe in um, progressive taxing, you're definitely going to want to write a big fat check in the Absolutely. name of Katie Helper Show. Um, okay, we're going to bring you our interview with Johan Hari. But I just want to tell you a little bit about Johan Hari and a little bit about this book, Chasing the Scream. Chasing the Scream uh, is about the first and last days of the drug war. Of the War on Drugs, okay? It's, a, it's published by Bloomsbury. You may have heard of them. Pretty uh, prestigious. And Chasing the Scream lays bare what we have really been chasing in our century of drug war, in our hunger for drugs, and in our attempt to destroy them. This book will challenge and change how you think about one of the most controversial and consequential questions of our time. Now, I don't like to hyperbolize, but this book literally – will change the way you think of not only the war on drugs but drugs and addiction. You're you're gonna see. When when we play this first segment, you're gonna see. About Johan Hari. He was a columnist for The Independent in London for nine years and was twice named Newspaper Journalist of the Year by Amnesty International UK. He's written for the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, The Guardian, Le Monde, Slate, The New Republic, and The Nation, among others. He's also been awarded the Comment Award for Cultural Commentator of the Year by Editorial Intelligence and has been named Journalist of the Year by Stonewall. Harry, Harry, sorry, Harry lives in London. And just in terms of the praise that it's received...
1: uh, Who likes this book? Who
0: likes this book? I'll tell you who likes this book. Naomi Klein, you may have heard of her. I've heard that name. Might have
1: heard of her.
2: She
0: says, This shocking account of the war on drugs and the alternative to to it is superb journalism and thrilling storytelling. Glenn Greenwald, Won a Peculiar Surprise, big WikiLeaks guy, and at The Intercept. Johan Hari's book is the perfect antidote to the war on drugs. One of the most under discussed moral injustices of our time, it combines rigorous research and deeply human storytelling. It will prompt an urgently needed debate. Um, you like Noam Chomsky? Because he think likes the book, wonderful! I couldn't what? put it down. he likes to—can you book. imagine Yo- Noam Chomsky saying anything's wonderful? That's kind of a big deal. Wonderful! <laughs> I couldn't put it down. Okay, Publishers Weekly gave it a starred review and said Hari has made a stimulating hybrid of a book, simultaneously a readable history of the war on drugs and a powerful case for radical reform. I actually would not call it rad. Well, maybe the reform is radical. The, the thinking behind it isn't. You'll see what I mean. Um, you know who else gave it a blurb? Elton John. Elton John, An absolutely stunning book. It will blow people away. You know, I liked it. Russell Brand, this book is as intoxicatingly thrilling as crack without destroying your teeth. It will change the drug debate forever. And Stephen Fry, you know him. Like the really great actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stephen um, Fry. This book is, forgive the obvious phrase, screamingly addictive. The story it tells, jaw-droppingly horrific, hilarious, and incredible is one everyone should know. That it is all true boggles the mind, fascinates and infuriates in equal measure. Johann Hari In brilliant prose, exposes one of the greatest and most harmful scandals of the past 100 years. Okay, I dropped my accent again. All right, so we're (laughs) going to bring you, here's, again, all you have to do is go to give to WBAI.org and get either Just Chasing the Scream or the really good deal of Chasing the Scream in between the world and me. Or you can call 212-209-2950. Tell them that you want Chasing the Scream for $125 in the name of the Katie Halper Show. Or the great combo of Ta-Nehisi Coates' Between the World and Me and Johan Hari's Chasing the Scream in the name of the Katie Halper Show.
2: And also, don't forget, listeners, if you feel that uh, the pledge uh, amount is too Too much much. at one point, you can always break it down into incremental payments. You just talk to the operator and say that I want to support the Katie Halper Show. I want to support WBAI Radio. And... But I need to break it down into right. incremental payments,
0: and they'll be fine with that. So here's the first part of the uh, interview that we're going to play, and in this part, this is I, I commended Hari for his book, being such a great, not a, it's not a polemic. I'm, it's really tell it uses personal stories. It's really an example of someone telling amazing personal stories, as opposed to making a very kind of abstract social science argument. So I praise him for that. And you'll hear him responding to that. And I also ask him about why and how he started working on this book.
3: One of my earliest memories is of trying to wake up one of my relatives and, and, um, and not being able to and I was uh, too small then to understand why. But as I got older, I realized we had drug addiction in my family. And about four years ago, when I started working on the book, I realised we were coming up to the 100th anniversary of drugs first being criminalised, right? This really crucial moment in the US and Britain when we decided to go to war against drug users and drug addicts. And I thought of myself as someone who knew quite a lot about this subject, right? Because partly because of my family, partly because, like, a lot of people who grew up with addiction, I got into a relationship with someone who had an addiction problem. Um, And partly because as a journalist, I'd written about it quite a lot. But I suddenly kind of realised there were loads of of really basic questions that I just didn't know the answer to. Like, why did we go to war against drug users and drug addicts 100 years ago? Why are we still doing it, even though it doesn't work? Uh, What are the real alternatives in practice? And what really causes drug use and drug addiction? And I think you've got exactly to it that, to me, so many of the discussions of this were either really kind of abstract, like we were sitting at a philosophy seminar. I thought, you know, that's not the way to understand this, right? What I want to do sit with people all over the world whose lives have been changed one way or another by this issue, by this question and by the alternative. And so I decided to go on a journey. I didn't realise at the start that it would take me quite as many places as it did. I ended up going over 30,000 miles and now more than 12 countries, I think. But I met some really incredible people from a a, a transgender crack dealer in Brownsville, Brooklyn, to a a cop in Baltimore who um, realised something really fundamental about the drug war, to a scientist who spends a lot of time feeding hallucinogens to mongooses to see what will happen, to the only country that's ever decriminalised all drugs from cannabis to crack with incredible results. And I think the main thing I I, I realised is... Almost everything we think we know about this subject is wrong. This is a slightly pretentious way to say it, and I haven't said it quite like this before in interviews, but I I think the core of the drug war, right, the reason why it can continue is because we've dehumanised so many people. We've dehumanised drug users, drug addicts, drug dealers, cops, the people who live along the supply route countries. And I think the way you really undo that is not by arguing about things. It's by rehumanizing the people at the start, because I believe if the average American... Could have come on this journey with me and met these incredible people. You know, that that translated crack dealer in Brownsville, who Chino, who I write, he is one of the Wisest people I've ever met, you know. And one of the things I wanted to convey was what he's like, what the homeless street addict who started the uprising in Vancouver is like. What it's like to know these people. What it's like to know the hitman for the deadliest Mexican drug cartel who I got to got to know for the book. And I think if people knew that those are people like us with hopes and dreams and nightmares like us, they wouldn't say that them dying is irrelevant or doesn't matter. Or that we should just kind of write them off and I guess that's why I wrote it the way that I did of all the things I learned I think it was one of the things that most surprised me is that this this whole way of thinking about addiction is based on a series of quite fundamental errors and I guess the best way to explain it if you had said to me four years ago what causes say heroin addiction right I think I would have looked at you like you were a little bit simple-minded. So nobody said, well, obviously heroin causes heroin addiction. It's a stupid question. Um, we've been told a story for 100 years now about how addiction works. It's just become like our common sense. We think that if 20 people all used heroin together for 20 days... By day 21, they'd all be heroin addicts because there are chemical hooks in heroin that their body would start to physically need. And if they used it long enough, they'd have this ravenous desire for it. First thing that alerted me to the fact there's something that's not right about that story is when it was explained to me. If, if I step out of this interview and I get hit by a car and I break my hip, I'll be taken to hospital and I'll be given loads of diamorphine. Diamorphine is heroin. It's actually much stronger heroin than you'd ever buy on the streets because the stuff you got, buy from dealers is only actually a small amount of it is heroin. The rest of it is just contaminants, whereas what you get from the doctor is 100% pure, right? Anyone listening to this, there's loads of people near you who have been given loads of heroin in hospital the whole time, right? If your grandmother had a hip replacement operation, she's been given loads of heroin. She, right? she broke an ash. Yeah, well, your grandmother has used a lot of heroin. If what we think about addiction is right, What should happen to all these people in hospital? They're exposed to all the same chemical hooks as your your addict on the street, but they don't become addicts. This has been studied very carefully. It doesn't happen, right? And when I learned that, I I didn't understand it. It was so weird, right? It's so contrary to what we've been told. And I only really began to understand it when I went to Vancouver and met this incredible man called Bruce Alexander, who's professor of psychology there, who did this really important experiment.
0: All right. You want to hear what the important experiment is, don't you? You got are at the bits, right? I'm on the edge yeah. of my seat right now. You're on right the edge now. of your seat. Right. People can't see this, but they really are. But he really is. So he is on the edge of his here's seat. Here's the thing. If you want it, you got to give something in return. Sorry. Gabe is like about an inch from the floor right now. You don't get
1: anything for free. <laughs> when do
0: you lower your chair like that? That's kind of amazing. All right. Sorry. You don't get anything for free. And I was caught off guard by Gabe's shifting height. Um, you don't get anything for free. You want to hear the rest of the? I wish I could like do it like a you gotta pay to
1: play. You gotta pay
0: pay to play. It's
1: like you're holding people's suspense hostage. I'm holding their
0: intellectually. I'm I'm holding them intellectually, politically hostage because you're gonna want to know. I mean, that's kind of fascinating. Everything we know about the drugs, about the pot, the drugs is wrong, and and
1: even he, his mind changed. His mind changed, and he's no idiot,
0: guys. He went to Cambridge, okay. And the Cambridge. I don't mean the city in near Mast- Boston. In ba- I mean right. the university in England, okay. And he had addicts in his family, and he's written about this. But here's the thing: that's kind of fascinating. All of our grandmothers have been on heroin. Now, in the case of my grandmother, <laughs> she actually was an amphetamine, barbiturate addict. So she's that's okay. Not the best Very example. different. But most people who went on on her- diamorphine, whatever it is, that's- didn't become. Addicted.
1: That's right though. But listener, your abuelita was down with the brown. She was riding the what horse. What does
0: interracial dating have to do with this?
1: Just say like but you know, but like 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 uh heroines brown. Right, I, I you know just, what I'm saying? Yeah. You you had to make it racial. Mm. I'm just talking I did, about wow. I know, I was just,
0: Gabe is colorblind. Yeah.
1: Wow. All right. Okay.
0: Now, guys, you wanna hear what this experiment did. I'm not gonna yeah. tell you what it is, but it involves rats.
1: What? Yeah, what? And, and parks. I feel so bad about rat with mm. rats. They always get Yeah, they do. They always get the short end of the stick with the experiments, right?
0: Yeah. But it's okay if it saves lives, right? Mm. I think we can all agree.
1: You know, rats
2: always get the brunt in, unlike <laughs> squirrels. Squirrels have it have it well. You know what the big difference between rats and squirrels? What? That bushy tail. Oh my god, that bushy tail! People fall in love with Oh my god, it's tailism. Yeah, it's tailism. It tailism. And but the thing is, the squirrels know that, and they taunt the
0: rats. Wait, mm-hmm. have you seen this happen? I could have. This is amazing. <laughs> I, I never have. knew Reggie was so inter- interested in squirrel anatomy. I didn't. It, think it's of not that. even
2: a squirrel anatomy. It's just more the fact that that you know that <laughs> we, we tend to think that we are the only life form the only animal that are able to communicate plenty of animals communicate It's is up to us to rather to understand it to listen
0: to listen <laughs> yeah listen to this squ-
2: And no, and i'm squirrel. not saying it you know and i'm not saying so it, it as like where right. he
0: tries not to make a, the sound when he right. laughs even though that's literally right. one of his main uh <laughs> purposes that's, right. that's why
1: i get paid right. the big bucks yeah, exactly. here <laughs>
0: so guys. Uh, if right. you want to hear more amazing stuff like Reggie waxing poetic about squirrels' bushy tails, I could
1: be deep.
2: Interspecies no, I kinda, yeah,
0: I kind of want to make a documentary about this. Actually, <laughs> not about squirrels, but about Reggie and the squirrels.
2: Reggie uh, and the squirrels. Well, I, I it's could a good tell band you name my time. Too. So yeah, actually, it's not.
0: You guys want to find? I know you want to find out what this experiment proved, right? What
1: happened?
2: Well, we got to find out what ha- happened to gonna these have rats. We're going to go
0: back to these rats, right? And Rat park. There's something called Rat park. But I want you to first call 212-209-2950 and tell that operator you want to support the Katie Halper Show. And then that you want Johan Hari's Chasing the Scream. Or you want Johan Hari's Chasing the Scream and Ta-Nehisi Coates' Between the World and Me. May- Again, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Uh, that book was called Required Read- Reading by Toni Morrison. It earned him a MacArthur Genius Award and also a, a nomination for the National Book Award. Johan Hari, this was a, a num- New York Times number one bestseller, got praise from everyone from
1: Elton John.
0: Elton John to, no- to Noam Chomsky to Amy Goodman. Oh, did I leave Amy Goodman out? Listeners yeah. love Amy Might Goodman. She loves, I she really liked this it. book. She's I'm had him on her from. show a bunch and she gave him a oh, nice yeah. blurb. Oh, big uh, time. Big blurb, yeah. Big, big, time. big fat blurb. Big time. So make sure you call 212-209-2950. Tell the operator you want Johan Harris chasing the scream.
2: Or if, you know, and, and for that matter, if if you just want to donate money, you know, basic membership yeah. is $25. If you want to give $25, $50, $75. dollars You know, you can do that by that. calling 212-209-2950. Or, and once again, the package that's being offered during this hour is uh, what, what was it again? It's
0: Johan Hari's uh, Chasing the Scream, the first and last days of the war on drugs, mm-hmm. and Ta-Nehisi Coates's Between the World and Me. Guys, here's the other thing. What's you that? have to prove to WBAI that this show is great. We know it's great, because my mom really likes it, and Gabe's dad really oh, well, likes it, no, well, and they're yeah. pretty good judges. But also, there are not that many female comedians talking about politics these days. Mm. right and the daily show right. didn't hire a female they no. did not they did, they not. did not so what they we're doing not. at wbi is we're saying you know what we got a funny female comedian right here you know who else the daily show didn't hire they did not hire a half greek half mexican
1: absolutely no they didn't
0: because no one will touch that particular combination <laughs> except for gabe pacheco's parents who made <laughs> gabe pacheco that way and we need to prove that the stereotypes about greek mexican americans not being funny is not true that's one of the main reasons, besides the fact that he laughs silently and turns away from the microphone when it's he laughs. It's the left, internal laugh. That I wanted Gabe here, yeah. It's
2: the eternal
1: laugh. Thank you for the showcase, Very guys. Keep, keep, keep,
2: keep me call, here.
0: Keep, yeah, you got to keep me here. I'm Gabe only
1: here because you... Because
0: of listeners like you.
1: Listeners like you. Also,
0: right. you probably like... I mean, there's a lot of serious stuff in the world, a lot of bad news. Don't you like to be able to laugh instead of cry?
2: But... It's not only that, but you 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 bring the light to things that are that are very poignant in the approach of these things. We laugh at the situation of these things and not at the not oh, at the, the victim. the butt of the joke is never the, b- the victim. Right, yeah, the, the butt, butt of the joke, joke is never the victim. Bad guy. Right, right, we punch right.
0: up, as we call it in the comedy world. That's or what George Carlin did. Can we
1: punch sideways sometimes too? But sometimes, never down, yeah, but never, never down. down. Yeah, parallel right.
0: punching is allowed, but not downward dog punching. Right. No, we never punch a pooch. No pooch <laughs> punching. I should bring. I should offer a date with my dog Bodie if people donate a million dollars. But I have to accompany it. You know, we're really sad that Reggie's married because we were going to use him oh, oh as, well. as a major. Oh yeah, well. Get, get know, a date. Get that. a date with Reggie. So, go to the park. Yeah. yeah. Check out Watch the squirrels. Watch the bushy-tailed squirrels. So just yeah, call two one two two zero nine two nine five zero. Tell the operator you want to support the Katie Helper Show and you'd like to have in exchange Johan Hari's Chasing the Scream for $125 or Ta-Nehisi Coates' Between the World and Me and Johan Hari's Chasing the Scream for only $25 more. That's $150. It's a great deal. Or you can go to give to WBAI... Give to. Give to number two. The number two. Give to WBAI.org mm-hmm. and then just put in the code... PB0672. That's peanut butter. Oh, yeah, that's an easier one than Prince Bobby, whatever yeah. I said. Peanut, peanut butter. butter yeah. 0 Peanut butter zero six seven two, And you will get both Chasing the Scream Between the World and Me. Or go to enter in NB, as in Nota Bene 0093. And you'll get just the Johan Hari. But really, okay. you should do the combo. And again, you got to s- please support us. Show the world that Greek Mexican Americans matter. <laughs> uh really uh, they do and that do. females they. are funny <laughs> and can talk about politics and be funny right and also show the world that you support nonprofit community commercial free radio <clears throat> now we're going to because we believe that you've donated in this couple last couple of minutes we're going to give you the benefit of the doubt we're going to go back to that interview with Johan Hari and he's going to tell tell us about this experiment and how it shatters everything we know or we thought we knew about the war on drugs, about drugs and addiction.
1: I'm ready to have Take my, it away. Okay. I'm to have the veil lifted. And,
2: one one, B. and once again, 212-209-2950 or give to WBAI.org on the web. Here we go.
3: And I only really began to understand it when I went to Vancouver and met this incredible man called Bruce Alexander, who's a professor of psychology there he did this really important experiment. So, he explained to me the, the, the idea of addiction we've got in our heads comes partly from a series of experiments that were done earlier in the 20th century. Um, they're really simple experiments. Your listeners can do them at home if they're feeling a little bit sadistic. You get You get a rat and you put it in a cage and you give it two water bottles. One is just water and one is water laced with either heroin or cocaine. If you do that, the rats will almost always prefer the drugged water and almost always kill themselves. You might remember the famous Partnership for a Drug-Free America advert about, that showed this experiment and the, and the rat dies and it says like, it will happen to you or something like that. Um, exactly, it's the main reason why you're not mainlining now. The, um, uh, and in the 70s, Professor Alexander comes along and he says, well, hang on a minute. We're putting these rats in an empty cage. They've got nothing to do except use these drugs. Let's do this differently. So he built a cage that he called Rat Park, which is basically heaven for rats, right? Anything a rat could want in life, it's got in Rat Park. It's got cheese. It's got coloured balls. It's got loads of friends. It can have loads of sex. And they've got both the water bottles, the normal water and the, the drugged water. But this is the fascinating thing. In Rat Park, they don't like the drugged water. They almost never use it. None of them ever use it compulsively none of them ever overdose. Professor Alexander says, what if it's not the chemical hooks? What if it's your cage? What if addiction is to a much larger degree than we've appreciated up to now, an adaptation to your environment? Now, when I was trying to think about this, there was um, was a professor in Amsterdam called Peter Cohen who says that we shouldn't use the word addiction, we should use the word bonding. Human beings have an innate need to, to bond and connect. And when we're happy and healthy, we will bond and connect with each other. But if you can't do that, because you're isolated or traumatised like Billie Holiday was, or just beaten down by life like Bud Osborne was, the guy in Vancouver, you know, you will bond or connect with something that will give you some sense of relief. That might be heroin, that might be cocaine, that might be gambling, that might be pornography, whatever. But you will bond with something because that is our nature. Yeah, just to give you one other human example of this, in Vietnam, during the Vietnam War, 20% of American troops were using loads of heroin, right? But if you look at the news reports from the time, there was this huge panic. They thought, my God, we're going to have hundreds of thousands of junkies on the streets of the United States when the war ends. And what happened? There's a very good study of this that followed them home. And they didn't go into withdrawal. They didn't go to rehab. 95% of them just stopped right now if you believe the old theory about chemical hooks that makes absolutely no sense if you understand professor alexander's theory it makes perfect sense if you're taken out of a hellish pestilential jungle where you don't want to be and you could be forced to kill or die at any moment and then you go back to your nice life in wichita kansas with your friends and your family that's the equivalent of being taken out of that first cage and being put into rat park you know A simple way of thinking about it is I've got here a bottle of um, overpriced smart water that I'm drinking while we're talking, right? You've probably got a drink there. Forget the drug laws, right? You and me totally legally could both be drinking vodka now. We could drink vodka for the next month, just be drunk. We're not going to do that. The reason we're not going to do that is not because anyone's stopping us. I'm sure you're not more than five minutes from the nearest liquor store. The reason you're not going to do it is because you want to be present in your life because you've got job you love, you've got people you love, you've got things you want to do. The core of addiction is about not being able to bear to be present in your life. And I think this has huge implications. One set of implications is for the drug war, right? If suffering and pain are huge drivers of addiction, suddenly imposing more suffering and pain on people to make them stop ceases to seem like a good idea. Gabor Mate, who's a fantastic doctor in Canada, said to me, if you wanted to design a system that would make people's addictions worse, you would design the system we have now. I think, got to acknowledge that for a whole load of people in our culture, life looks a lot more like that isolated cage and a lot less like Rat Park. And I think actually addiction is only one symptom of this wider disconnection and loneliness that so many of us feel. You know, there's a study that looked at, the average number of close friends an American feels they can call on in a crisis has been steadily declining since the 1950s, while the average amount of floor space in an American's home has been steadily increasing. And I think that's a kind of metaphor for the, the the trade we've made as a culture. We've traded stuff for connections, you know, and it, it, we're really miserable people as a result. You know, we've, we've chosen the things that don't give us meaning and satisfaction over the things that do. Professor Alexander says, you know, we talk all the time in addiction about individual recovery, and that has real value. But we need to think much more about social recovery. Something's gone wrong with us, not just as individuals, but as a group. And we need to think about the the process of reconnecting i know that sounds a bit um deepak chopra which is definitely coming from but
0: okay that again was johan Hari discussing his amazing discoveries working on chasing the scream the first and last days of the war on drugs this amazing book on on not just only the war on drugs but what's fascinating is about it is that it looks at addiction right i mean it is kind of amazing that I always assumed that, as he said, you take 20 people, put them all in heroin, they're all going to become addicted. And I think the fact that that won't happen, the fact that Vietnam soldiers stopped doing heroin when they came back, mm-hmm. 95% of them stopped doing it, of the, of the ones who were doing heroin in Vietnam, didn't go through withdrawal, uh, speaks to something that we are totally ignoring. And we'll we'll talk more. Uh, I talked to Johann Hari about the implications of that and the kind of the takeaway messages about that and why the policy doesn't make sense. But again, you're gonna want to hear the next part because Johan talks with us about Billie Holiday.
1: What I love, Billie I know, Holiday. I know.
0: I know. And you're probably like, "What does Billie Holiday have to do with the war on drugs?" But as you'll see, a lot, a lot to do with it. So guys,
1: all roads lead to Billie Holiday. All roads
0: do lead to Billie Holiday. Or Rome, one of the two. <laughs> Unclear which one. Call 212-209-2950. Again, that's 212-209-2950. And say, take,
1: yeah, should they take out a pen so that they Oh, can yeah, take out a pen, down? guys,
0: or on your cell phone, whatever. 212-209-2950, or do a wall painting in your cave. Finger paint. Finger paint it. 212-209-2950. Tell the operator you want Johan Hari's chasing the scream for $125 or Ta-Nehisi Coates' Between the World and Me and Johan Hari's Chasing the Scream. And it's such a great book. I I mean, I read the book. I'm not just saying that. It'll totally change the way you think about not only the war on drugs, but drugs and addiction. And just to remind you of what the book is by Johan Hari, it is now 100 years since drugs were first banned in the United States. On the eve of this centenary, journalist Johan Hari sets off on an epic three-year, 30,000-mile journey into the war on drugs. What he found is that more and more people all over the world have begun to recognize three startling truths. Drugs are not what we think they are, addiction is not what we think it is, and the drug war has very different motives from the ones we've seen on our TV screens for so long. Wow. It's really good. Wow. Uh, In Chasing the Scream, Harry reveals his discoveries entirely through the stories of people across the world whose lives have been transformed by this war. They range from a transgender crack dealer in Brooklyn searching for his mother to a teenage hitman in Mexico searching for a way out. The book begins with Hari's discovery that at the birth of the drug war, Billy Holiday was stalked and killed by the man who launched this crusade. And it ends with the story of a brave doctor who has led his country to decriminalize every drug from cannabis to crack with remarkable results. I, guess, I bet you guys don't know what country that is. If you, if you listen to the end of the show, you're going to find out. You want so to take a guess? There's game? a
1: country that's like Rat Park, where you yes. can just do any drug you want. Basically. And none, and you won't go to jail
0: for it. Right. But the, you're going to see why it works as Rat Park. Yes. It's about bonding. You'll see. You'll see. Really? So we're going to play the next um, little excerpt of the interview that I did with Johan Hari. And this one's really interesting. It's about Billie Holiday.
3: So Harry Anslinger was the most influential person who no one's ever heard of, right? Right. He effectively created the modern war on drugs in the 1920s and 1930s, way before Nixon, way before the place where we think this story starts. Anslinger is a government bureaucrat and he takes over the Department of Prohibition just as alcohol prohibition is ending. So he's got this big government department with loads of staff and nothing to do, and it's clearly going to just be disbanded, right? And he has to create a new purpose for it. And so he invents the modern drug war and modern ideas about marijuana. He's the first person to use the phrase warfare against drugs in the 30s. He really builds the the war on drugs around three intense hatreds, right? One is a hatred of the mafia, one is a hatred of African-Americans, and one is a hatred of addicts. There's this really important story that's only been... Now, which is the story of how he stalked and killed Billie Holiday, the great jazz singer. In 1939, Billie Holiday stood on stage in a hotel, and she sang the song Strange Fruit for the first time, which obviously your listeners will know is a song against lynching. And that night, she received a warning from Harry Anslinger's people that basically said, stop singing this song. Uh, And she effectively said, screw you, I'm an American citizen, I'll sing what I want. It seems like an odd place to start a story about the war on drugs in some ways, because you think, what's that got to do with the war on drugs? Okay, you know, they knew Billie Holiday had a very serious heroin problem uh, because she'd been forcibly prostituted as a kid, raped for money as a kid, um, and was trying to deal with the pain and the grief that she had from that. And really the story of what happened next, I think tells you something about why the war on drugs began and how it continues and why it continues that when Billie Holiday refused to stop singing that song, Anslinger Slinger decides to really destroy her for her drug addiction. She's like a symbol of everything he thinks is wrong with America, right? She's a, an African American woman defying white supremacy. She's, uh, singing to mixed audiences. She, uh, and she's a heroin addict.
0: And, um, And she's singing about important social issues that no one really wants to confront, like lynching. Exactly, exactly. And
3: and the um, first thing he did to destroy her, he hated employing African-Americans, but you couldn't really send a white guy into Harlem to stalk Billie Holiday. It'd be kind of obvious. So he employed this agent called Jimmy Fletcher, whose job was to follow Billie Holiday everywhere she went. And he did. And Billie Holiday was so amazing that Jimmy Fletcher fell in love with her. And his whole life he felt ashamed of what he did. He busts her, she's arrested. She's put on trial. She said the trial was called the United States versus Billie Holiday and that's how it felt. She's mm-hmm. sent to prison. She doesn't sing a word in prison, but what they do to her next is the cruelest thing. When you, she gets out and you had to have a licence to perform anywhere where alcohol was served, it's called a cabaret performer's licence. And Anne's thing, makes make sure she isn't given it. Her friend Yolanda Bavan, who's also a great jazz singer, said to me, what's the cruelest thing you can do to a person? It's to take away the thing they love, right? And she she would go to the South, she would perform in some places, but it was really hard. And obviously she relapsed. Uh, In her early 40s, she collapses. She's taken to hospital. The first hospital refuses to take her because she's an addict. The second hospital, on her way in, she says to one of her friends, they're going to kill me in there. Don't let them. They're going to kill me. She believed that the narcotics agents were going to come for her. And she was right. She was, um, she was diagnosed with liver cancer, uh, quite advanced liver cancer. And um, they come in and they handcuff her to her hospital bed. They took away her record player, her candies, everything. They wouldn't let her friends in to see her. Um, one of her friends managed... She, she went into heroin withdrawal. One of her friends managed to insist that she was given methadone and she started to recover over the next 10 days. And then they cut off the methadone and she died. One of her friends told the BBC she looked like she had been violently wrenched from life. And I think there's loads of things in that story, not least when Harry Anslinger found out that Judy Garland was a heroin addict at the same time he found out Billy Holiday was a heroin addict. He advised Judy Garland to take slightly longer vacations and reassured the studio she was gonna be fine, right? Spot the difference. Um, But also, so I think it's a story about what, why the war on drugs began. It was about race. It was about keeping this bureaucracy going. It's a story about what we do to addicts. We do this now, today. We cut them off from being able to work. We cut them off from being able to reconnect. But also, to me, the thing I took most from that story and from tracking down the people who'd known Billie Holiday and talking to them and looking at some sources that hadn't been looked at before, including talking to the only person who was still alive who'd been in the room when he was basically killing Billie Holiday, The thing I took most from it, and this really helped me because, you know, know, we talked before about the addicts in my life and and, and in my family and and close to me. And I guess the thing I took most from it is, you know, no matter what they did to her, Billie Holiday never stopped singing that song. She would go anywhere where they'd have her. She sang Strange Fruit. You know, she would go to the South where they would throw bottles at her. She would go anywhere. And to me, one of the crucial lessons of of the experience for me was learning that addicts can be heroes and to know that they did all that to her and she never stopped and she kept going and the incredible strength and courage that took after all she'd already been through. That to me is a a, a really crucial part of this story and it's a story that runs right through to the present day.
0: When you started... That was Johan Hari talking about why Billie Holiday is such an important part of the war on drugs uh, history. And we're going to play an excerpt from that very song Strange Fruit that we have a YouTube clip of. Um, And here it is. It's about lynching. And we'll tell you who it was written by after we play a a little bit of it. (laughs) This was the song they told her she couldn't sing. That is Billie Holiday singing the song Strange Fruit, which was an anti-lynching anthem. Now what's really interesting about that is that the man who wrote that song, both the lyrics and the music, was Abel Mirapol. Abel Maripol was also the man who, with his wife, adopted Bobby, uh, Robert, and Michael, then uh, Rosenberg, who became Robert and Michael Mirapol, as in the two children of the Rosenbergs who were executed by the United States for being Soviet spies. Julius and Ethel. Julius and Ethel Rosenberg, right. right.
1: And Ethel was not really a spy. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. And uh, Julius was a lo- way lower level, and Ethel had nothing to do with it and was used as a lever, as they said, and all the documents that revealed it. Uh, she was just used to pressure Julius into confessing. And... Again, this kind of speaks to the type of things we're bringing you at the Katie Helper Show because we had Mike, uh, Robert Mirapol talk to us about the legacy and the importance of the Rosenbergs today. And we also, uh, he chose to announce the fact that New York City was honoring his mother, Ethel, here on the Katie Helper Show. So in order to bring to keep these this programming that we're bringing you flowing and keep us afloat, please, please, please... Please support us. Please support the Katie Halper Show, WBAI. Go to give2wbai.org to or call 212-209-2950.
2: Give2wbai.org. Give right. That's
0: the number two. Tell the operator that you want Johan Hari's Chasing the Scream or Ta-Nehisi Coates' is Between the World and Me and Johan Hari's Chasing the Scream. And again, if it's too much money for you to, to pay all at once, that's fine. You can pay in installments, which is pretty amazing. Right. Now we're going to go back to the final part of the interview that we're playing on t- day, on tonight's show. We'll have the whole interview up on uh, pot, on iTunes and on SoundCloud. But here we're going to play the Portugal part, uh, the, the Portugal, Portugal part. segment. Okay, wait a minute.
2: I'll get that. Portugal. Get that. Yeah, Portugal. How Portugal. interesting. I know, right? I never think I've about been that to, country. It's a
0: great country. I've been to Lisbon. It's beautiful. The light is gorgeous. The people are nice. The food is great. Okay. And I want to leave you on a relatively up note. We've, he talked, Johan Hari talks a a lot about what doesn't work. And here's a little something about what does work. In Portugal.
3: And I think this case of what happened in in Portugal is really important. In the year 2000, Portugal had one of the worst drug problems in Europe. 1% of the population was addicted to heroin, which is kind of incredible. And every year they arrested and imprisoned more people the American way. And every year the problem got worse. And one day, the prime minister and the leader of the opposition got together and they basically said, look, we can't go on like this. What are we going to do? They decided to set up a panel of scientists and doctors. And they said, you guys go away, look at the best evidence and come back and tell us what to do. And we have agreed in advance that we'll do whatever you recommend. So it just took it out of politics. So the panel goes away, led by this amazing man I got to know called Hua Gu Lao. And they came back and they said, decriminalise all drugs from cannabis to crack. But, and this is a crucial next step, take all the money we used to spend on arresting and imprisoning and making addicts worse on cutting them off, and spend it instead on reconnecting them to the society. And it's interesting, that's not really, they didn't really do what we think of as drug treatment. So there was some rehab, there was some psychological support, that does have some value. But the single biggest thing was actually the opposite of what was done to Billie Holiday and what's done to the women in Arizona and all the people over America. They they decided to have a huge job creation program for addicts. So say you used to be a mechanic. They'd go to a garage and they'll say, if you employ this guy for a year, we'll pay half his wages. They had a huge program of microloans for addicts to set up small businesses they controlled. The goal was to make sure that every addict in Portugal had something to get out of bed for in the morning.
0: Besides whatever their substance of choice what had been right
3: exactly once the addicts had purpose and meaning they started to get relationships they started to reconnect to the society when i went there it was uh, nearly 15 years since this experiment had begun and the results were in injecting drug use was down by 50 percent five zero percent deaths from overdose were massively down HIV transmission among addicts was massively down overall addiction was significantly down and one of the ways you know it worked really well is that virtually nobody in Portugal wants to go back I went and interviewed Juan Figueira, who led the opposition to the decriminalization when it came in he was the top top drug cop in Portugal and he said to me I'm paraphrasing the exact words are in the book everything I said would happen didn't happen and everything the other side said would happen did And he talked about how he felt really ashamed that he'd spent 20 years arresting and harassing drug addicts and making them worse when there was a way to actually turn their lives around. It really helped me a lot going to Portugal, partly because, you know, like I'd seen the most terrible side of the drug war. I'd been to northern Mexico and, you know, seen the horrors in the US and... And it helped me obviously to know that there's, like, alternatives that are so much better and there are amazing other examples in in the book as well of other places I went, but... I think also it really helped me with, with thinking about the people that I love who, who have addiction problems.
0: And to find out how going to Portugal helped Johan Hari understand the people in his life who he loved with addiction problems, you're going to have to call.
2: 212-209-2950. Once again, that number is 212-209-2950. And for those people that are listening online, Please consider becoming a financial supporter to this radio station by going to give 2 wbaiorg Give the numero 2 WBAI.org.
0: And put in code peanut butter, PB0672. That's PB as in peanut butter, 0672. You'll get Chasing the Scream, the book we were just reading and interv- uh, playing the interview from, and Between the World and Me, the award winning book by Ta Nehisi Coates that Toni Morrison calls required reading. Please, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Please support the Katie Helper Show. Call that number. Say you're doing this for the Katie Helper Show. Keep us around. Keep WBAI around. Keep commercial free community radio around. Again, WBAI is a buoy in a sea of corporate greed.
1: And the sea just keeps getting bigger and wider and deeper <laughs> and greedier
0: and more to- toxic as well. And again, WBAI colon. We ain't getting any richer. That's the new uh, <laughs> motto that I've come up with. But no, really, things are great here. We love doing the show. We just want to be able to keep bringing it to you. So please support us. Get these amazing books, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. We're taking a couple weeks off.
1: Two weeks off. Uh,
0: two weeks off. But uh, you can also actually, I'm performing at Babeland tomorrow. Okay. In Brooklyn Come get some sex come toys Come get some sex toys The first right. 10 people Who come to the show At 7pm It's a free show We'll get free gifts Oh really an And an Gabe You can huh? check him out uh, oh, Also you... taking a couple of weeks off though From his show
1: Yeah you, but you can find me And my whole schedule At GabePacheco.com yes. G-A-B-E-P-A-C-H-E-C-O And
0: find me At KatieHelper.com Or on Twitter K, Letter K Letter T Helps right. And we'll see you uh Two weeks uh, yeah, what's, what's uh We'll see you the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. We love you. Uh, we love And
1: L-O-V-E,
0: both.
1: Okay. Depending
2: Talk to you soon. 212-209-2950 or go to give2wbai.org. Show your support for the Katie Halper Show here on WBAI New York.